All right, this first post reads, attacked by vicious crows. I was doing yard work the other day and I got attacked by around six crows. They hurt me pretty bad and I had to see the doctor. I heard them coming before they got me and now I'm deeply traumatized. I guess they wanted the trail mix in my pocket or something, but be on the lookout for a flock of nasty looking crows. This is a very fun fact, Candace, that you're going to really enjoy. I hope so. Research shows that crows remember the faces of humans who have threatened or harmed them and these memories probably last for the birds lifetime. Lifetime? Lifetime. So if you did something bad to a crow, you need to watch out because they will remember you. They will remember your face. Forever. And they will come after you. These crows didn't <laughs> want your trail mix, lady. No, you did some shit. Yeah, when you were seven, kicking a ball around and you hit the little baby's nest. Yeah, they didn't forget. And now they found your new address. You need to move. You need to get out of it. This is Nosy Neighbors. I'm Chinna Duanaka. And I'm Candace Thompson. And we'll be breaking down the most absurd neighborhood posts we can find on the Citizen and Nextdoor apps. But that's not where we get all of our information, is it, Chinna I'll be looking underground. Deep underground, like in the tunnels. You know where they dig for fossil fuel? I sink up behind them when they close, and I was going there searching for posts. <laughs> They can fly. They're going to see her get the moving truck, pack up her stuff, and oh, they're yeah. going to follow her <laughs> they to just, her new they destination. They just sit on top of the truck <laughs> and just wait for her to start unpacking shit. <laughs> and right when she got like her little favorite glass of fruit bowl, yeah, oh, right in the net. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fifth fruit bowl this month. What's up with these crows? <laughs> And she don't realize it's the same crow. It's the same this one. Crow has been from when she was seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into our first segment. This is where Chinadu and I discuss what's going on in our own neighborhoods. And would you like me to begin, Chinadu? Or uh, <laughs> are you feeling first. prepared today? Ladies first. <laughs> okay, so in my neighborhood, someone wrote rooster? Question mark. It sounds like one of our neighbors is in the surrounding streets have a new pet. It calls every morning at dawn and also throughout the day. After doing some research, it seems having a rooster can be legal in L.A., which is quite surprising. If you're the neighbor that has a rooster in the middle of a major city, I'm sorry, but you suck. That's insane. <laughs> like You're purposely doing that to be a shitty neighbor. You know? I mean, I mean, I don't think that's the intention. Maybe this person just really likes roosters. What? Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> Look, man, You're I, looking at me like that's unacceptable. Just because you love roosters don't mean it's common that your neighbors will also share the same love of roosters. To that level of like, oh, I want to live next to a rooster. <laughs> the fuck? Can you imagine live, like moving away from like some farmland in Tennessee or something. And coming like, here. I'm finally in the city. And then your neighbor. <laughs> Son of a. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you think you're, you're losing your mind. Little do you know, 
Daniel next door Look, owns a rooster. Having a rooster is rude. This dude is right 100%. You can have a rooster, but if you're going to have a rooster, then you need to live somewhere where you have property. Everywhere in L.A. is stacked up on top of one another. That's true. So nobody has any land. So roosters are not the appropriate pet. So I don't know who you are, but you're getting two thumbs down from me. And I'm just like, you're lucky I haven't heard this rooster. And I love chickens. But you'd be surprised of the animals you can own in California. Okay, let's hear it. Hybrid cats. Hybrid? Wait, what? Why'd you just, you said hybrid cats? Mm, I don't know what those are, but that you can own them. That's like a liger. Zebras, monitor lizards, yeah, yeah. American bison, second generation wolf dogs, wolf large dogs. constrictor snakes, toucans. 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 Yeah, it's a and fruit loops. And you camel? camel? I hear camel milk is really good for you, so I might investigate that. Yeah. Yeah. I wish you would own a camel. <laughs> I'll never pull up again. Camels are friendly. Your neighborhood was wild this week. Yeah, what you got? In my neighborhood, new traffic congestion. Just discovered within the last two to three weeks that a huge bike lane was added on Adams Boulevard heading west. This was my morning commute to get to the mid-city area that had less traffic versus Crenshaw Boulevard. I personally think it's important to have a bike lane, but just think the lane is way larger than it has to be. Now we are down to one traffic lane that backs the traffic up because most times the lights are not in sync. So now from Crenshaw to West Boulevard heading west, I am sitting in traffic just to be able to get to west to make it right. Mm. I'm sure the city did it for a reason, but I'm thinking it was not fully thought out. And of course, the extra cars to one lane was not even a consideration for rush hour time. Has anyone else noticed this? I have just readjusted my time to leave a little earlier, but it is still aggravating. You could feel the politeness. Oh, absolutely. To our fellow bikers. Absolutely. But also, you could feel inside she's like, fuck those bikers. Oh, there was subtext. <laughs> the, the subtext that she had right there was mm-hmm. the same subtext that we all have when we're stuck behind a biker on the road. Oh, man. Where you're like, I appreciate what you're doing for the environment and your health. 100%. But. I'm late. You need to get the fuck out of my way. Yeah. And look, I don't eat. Look, I'm all for bike safety. But some some bikers, they'll purposely like ride super in the middle, like where it's enough room for both of us. They're not paying attention or they're doing it on purpose. I mean, it's their right. Technically, it is their they're right. Not doing anything illegal. No, I know that they're the, slowing up traffic dramatically. That's but the it's not illegal. Technically, it's not illegal. And again, they're helping the environment. Yeah. They're also helping themselves by being uh, in shape and getting some exercise. But hey, here's my question. Yes. Is it illegal to ride bikes on a sidewalk? Probably. There's not all sidewalks everywhere where they need to go. I ain't never Somewhere seen for, the street. Maybe. The I'm just spitballing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Like, maybe they have to be in the street sometimes. So it goes busy street restaurant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You play hopscotch with Trevor. <laughs> busy street. Oh, like somebody has a death wish. <laughs> you like, what? So you step outside of Chipotle. You're <laughs> 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 like, what? I have never seen that. <laughs> I'm just trying to play devil's advocate with the the bike riders and give them a reason why they need to be in the street, okay? Always sidewalks. No, what about... No, because remember that book? Remember that book where the sidewalk ends? Oh, there you go. There's some places there ain't no sidewalks. Touche, touche. Next up is Neighborhood Watch, where we dive deeper into the apps to find the best local stories. Now, Candace. Are we diving again? 
not how deep do we dive. Yes. But yes. how many ways do we dive? How many ways? Oh, we do swan dives. Oh, man, we do somersaults into the apps. Cannonballs. Uh, splits. <laughs> Simone Biles dive. Free for all. Rock climbing, Mr. Rock, and now I'm about to die into the apps. <laughs> <laughs> the first post reads, Man caught smuggling a trunk full of KFC into Auckland, New Zealand during lockdown. Two alleged gang associates were caught by police after they noticed a suspicious-looking vehicle on a gravel road. After they tried to evade police, the car was searched and three buckets of chicken, 10 cups of coleslaw, empty ounce bags, and $70,000 in cash was discovered. The two men face a fine or jail time due to Auckland's level four lockdown at the time, which means all restaurants had to remain closed, including no takeout. All of them. All of them. No takeout, man. No takeout. And you can't walk in? That's what doesn't make any sense to me. So that means the KFC is also liable. Exactly. It's not they didn't just break into the KFC yeah. that was closed and fry some buckets of chicken Facts. on their own. They called the KFC like, yo, <laughs> man, can I get two buckets of chicken? They're like, sure. But, you know, it's no takeout. It's like, yeah. They're like, how much? Ten thousand dollars. Cash. We ain't taking cards. Leave it in an unmarked bucket. Facts. You got the money. I got the money. You got the coleslaw? Yeah, I got the coleslaw. They put their fingers in it. Like, this is crack, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to shortchange me? I want that coleslaw. The lockdown had like drove up the price so dramatically that <laughs> coleslaw costs more than cocaine. <laughs> Say, man. That's how you stop drug crime. Make chicken illegal. <laughs> What's a good meal to do when you're doing some illegal stuff? Personally, I, w- I would say a uh, protein bar. A protein, you know? just because it's, it's like quick, you can put easy, in your pocket. No fingerprints. KFC, man, you're going to leave, leave all types, fingerprints all over the, all the, types the murder of scene. Grease. And cops is like, well, <laughs> <laughs> this was real. Need a blue light. Look at this shit. <laughs> There's a trail of biscuits. There's grease everywhere. <laughs> this is a third greasy bake robbery this week. This guy has a appetite. <laughs> I've also found buckets to be very funny. I can't imagine what was that meeting like. Like what are we gonna put the chicken in? What kind of design do we have for the box? Mm-hmm. And the woman's like, um, box. Well, you know, I'm thinking of uh, three holes, and then somebody's like, let's do a bucket. <laughs> I was like, what? There, people don't want to eat out of bucket. Just try it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever eaten out of a bucket? Yeah, and he's like, out of a no. Bag. It's very convenient. No, but like, have they ever done a bag of chicken? I'm sure it used to be in a bag. Yeah, and it used to be in a bag. It's definitely been in a box. That's harder, you know, to me. A bucket is way more um, functional, more practical. Functional. It's strong. But you know what I think they missed with the bucket of chicken is the best part to me is the handle. You know, like when you go to the beach and you have a sand bucket? Yeah. The handle. That, they missed the handle. That like, would be, to me, the yeah. most efficient way to carry a bucket of chicken. Yeah, because that way you, you feel like a trough. You know, for the. <laughs> so you like, yeah, that'll really pick it out. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking if you leave it with a bucket of chicken, you know, you got a lot of other food in your hands and it just would be easier to have a handle. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they pitched the handle like, what kind of like, yeah, like, they're, they're, we don't want people to feel like big. Let's just, let's just leave it with the bucket. <laughs> there you go, kids. <laughs> <laughs>
This next post reads, police have received a report of an assault by a suspect in an inflatable swan costume. This happened on North Detroit Street and DeLong Prey Avenue in Hollywood. That's not far from here. That's not far at all. <laughs> like, if this was on Halloween, I'll be It would be fine? Yeah, it would be less freakish. Well, first of all, I'm confused with an inflatable swan costume. I've seen, like, just a regular ass, someone dresses up like a bird. But we're talking about someone had to blow up an, an inflatable costume, which I don't know if I've ever seen before. Well, I would imagine they did that because just in case the cops came mm-hmm. and a gunfight broke out, the air would protect it. It would not. I know. But that's, that's... <laughs> it would easily deflate. Yeah, he probably was working with somebody. Yeah, where's the bulletproof vest? He's like, oh, shit. Um, and then he grabbed like his niece's... Inflatable <laughs> swimming, floaty. It's just a floaty. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. floaty. And he's like, here, use this. This will protect you. He was like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> this is a very bird themed episode. It is. We it had, has been a very. We had crows. Then I had a chicken. rooster. We had chicken. And then now a swan. KFC counts. Oh, KFC. Don't We never miss a chicken story <laughs> here on Nosy Neighbors. We never, man. We headline with the chicken. <laughs> All right, this next post reads, Florida resident captures six-foot alligator in a trash bin. A Florida resident got creative removing the very large reptile from his home. After being alerted by his young daughter about the alligator's presence, the man sprang into action with a unique gator-grabbing technique. So I got the trash can, seen some things on TV, the man told Fox 35 Orlando. I knew if I kept the front of the trash can there, he at least either go in or think it's a mouth in a tree, which he kind of did. I just overwhelmed him. I threw him inside and walked him down sleeping. That was it. You sound just like him. Just that's FYI. In the footage posted online, you can see the alligator retreating slowly as the man approaches it with a trash container. The man drops the lid of the trash container, hitting the alligator's head, which causes it to start thrashing. The commotion allowed for the man to scoop the alligator inside, close the lid, and wheel it down to a nearby lake where the alligator was later released. The man's quick and inventive thinking has earned the praise of millions online, but the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission have advised otherwise, don't grab a garbage can. And you would think you wouldn't have to say that, but... Well, in Florida, you have to. Gators are everywhere. They're so, everywhere, and you know those people down there beyond all types of drugs and meth, and they just see an alligator and be like, "I can take him." Gators are so integrated into the Florida community. They sometimes take up jobs. They work at the the bank. Yeah, there's like a bank teller that's a, an alligator. I had a gator in Florida one time pump up my gas. Oh yes, the full mm-hmm. service. Yep. Another gator was like. Will work for food. Now, like, mm, I don't believe you. Oh, with those to... tiny arms, yeah. what, what you gonna what be you doing? Gonna do? How can you really do anything with exactly. these nubs? Your check come late now, you gonna eat me. I, ain't, I don't got time for that. <laughs> Have you ever eaten alligator? Because they actually serve it in Florida. I haven't eaten an alligator yet. Have you? I before did. Before you went full? I did. Was it delicious? Do you remember? It did. T- I hate to bring this up again, but it did taste like chicken. Everything tastes like chicken. Everything does. To you. It was a little bit drier. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't even know why that was insulting, but it was. <laughs> this shrimp tastes like chicken. Has anybody else noticed this? That lady crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this vanilla ice cream tastes like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, man. If you are enjoying these segments as much as we are. I mean, we are having a blast, guys. Don't worry. We do them every week. Every week. And what we are going to ask of you is to send in your stories to us because we want to read those stories on our podcast. Who doesn't want that? That's right. Airdrop them. Teleport. But we prefer you click the link in our bio. That's the easiest way. That's the easiest way. Yeah. We're not in the metaverse just yet. But you can find us on IG at Chinadu Unaka. That's Chin, E-D-U, U-N-A-K-A. Or on Twitter at Chinadu Comedy. You can also find Candace at... Jokes by Candace. Jokes by Candace. You want to pick which Candace? The good one. Candice. I-C-E. Sounds like a really cool gang name. Mm-hmm. Candice. My really good friends call me Dicey. Dicey. Ooh. I like that. Like, you look like you're really good at chopping vegetables. Up next is me and Candace's favorite segment. I mean, we just get very uh, excited. To, and emotional. And emotional, too, because we don't get to see our friends as much as we would like. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's just so busy and doing mm-hmm. great things. And we're just really happy when we get to bring somebody on as a special guest. And this guest guess no more special than special is possible. <laughs> She's a specialist. She's a specialist. She's a writer, comedian, wonderful actress. You see her on Sunnyside, Modern Family. The list goes on and on and on. Also, she'll be at the Punchline in the beautiful city of San Francisco, March 9th through 12th. So make sure you go out and see her. Please, please, please bring your friends. You will not be disappointed. Put your hands together for our buddy, Karen Dill. Give it up for you. That was so nice. How are you two? How are you guys? Man, we're we are good. Fantastic. How are you doing? How are you? You're specialists yourself. You're you're pretty special. <laughs> oh shucks. Oh, it's just shut up, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, ha 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 ha, shut up. We never say nice things to each other in person. We don't. We say the comedians say the worst thing. We say the worst. But the worst (laughs) thing is that mostly it means because we love love, you the most. You know? When you talk about someone, you always say nice shit to them. But to their face, you're like, really? You're wearing that? Right. Really? Really? Exactly. Really? You're working with your laptop at the improv at 11 o'clock at night? Mm -hmm. You loser? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, feel free to jump right into your neighbor's story. And then we'll just chime in like we do. And um, we'll have a lot of fun. So I used to live in this neighborhood. There was like a house across the street that just was always having a bunch of fun. And we saw it as like this party house. And we're like, wow, they're always having like a really good time. Like people were just going in and out of the house all the time. One time in our alleyway, there was a condom inside of like the alleyway. And we're like, oh man, one of their parties must've gotten really crazy. And then like two weeks later, there's a stakeout. And it turns out that the house opposite the house was part of a five-part prostitution ring <gasps> across the neighborhood, including <gasps> one major hotel chain. And we had no idea. We had absolutely no idea. And they were staking it out for a while with, like, the police there and everything. And I just, I just keep thinking about, like, how many times they saw me walking into my apartment sad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or, like, just sobbing in the driveway. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh man, this prostitute's having a really rough go. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, she keeps I... returning. <laughs> she keeps her the most consistent. Yeah. Wow. So you live next to a full on prostitution ring and had no idea. Um, across the street. Across not the next street. To. It's, okay. it's a really I mean, important hey. distinction just from a distance perspective, Chinadu. Hey, some would say you're more <laughs> you feel more connected to the neighbor across the street from you than you are to the neighbor next to you. 
because you see them <laughs> through your window. You know? Right, because you can see what they're doing. I just think it's hilarious that we watch people go in and out of there and we're like, those people look fun. Man, that's a fun how house. Can, how come they never invite us over there? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's tough to like arrest people for prostitution. I would imagine it's really easy for them to get away with it for a very long time, like it was. Yeah. Because it's just like, how do you? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? Yeah. You know, someone must have. Someone must have snitched. Maybe one of the cops was. You know, Undercover. he's not just the guy busting it. Yeah, he was also the client. He yeah. was. The, he oh, found yes. it through being a client first, and then he was like, oh, "This isn't right." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, maybe it was an undercover cop, and then he was engaged. And like, all right, did did the woman have sex with you? And he's like, "I'm going to need more." Uh, more time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure yet. If, not quite sure if she really likes me or if she's a hooker. Or I can't tell. I don't know. She's really into me. I'm gonna need, about I'm gonna need like seven more blowjobs yeah. before to, I figure that one out. Tell my wife. I'll it's be, a tough case to crack. I'll be I need a doctor's note from my wife <laughs> so she knows I'm really at work. Please. <laughs> I do also want to step out that like. This was one of the satellite locations. So technically, you know, this wasn't like the main hub. That was at the hotel. And then there were a number of satellite locations around the hotel, you know. So this wasn't, I mean, I don't know what's better to be a hub, it's a, you know, a hub to be a the... satellite location or to be where the action is happening. I don't know what I should be prouder of. Wow. That, that was, look, that was a good story. Not going to lie. I enjoyed I, it. It was short. Yeah. It's a short one. It's yeah, a short, short one. one. I don't know how you feel. Yeah. Go but ahead, I was go like, ahead oh, and jump, yeah, into the, jump into the second one. Yeah. Why not, man? Yeah, we're hey, here for you it. You know, you, you came out with a haymaker. Okay. We like that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a sports term that I'm not familiar with. Yeah, it means like uh, a really big punch. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, second story. Mm-hmm. During COVID, I live in a different neighborhood now. Now, I've moved up a little bit, right? Because... This time it's like the prostitution ring is not in the neighborhood. I think that's really important to step out. <laughs> My neighborhood technically has lower crime than the wealthier areas around it. That's also important to say. And I think that is because my neighbors go out and rob the richer people and then bring the stuff back to my neighborhood. Hilarious. You know, but you don't rob the people next to you because that's rude. <laughs> During COVID, though, it's like tough times. And for some reason, we had an arsonist running around our like neighborhood just burning down buildings oh no so this arsonist burned down this uh, garage carport that was literally right next to my house and so if the thing is on fire and like the next thing to set fire would definitely have been my house in the middle of covid and i remember standing there opposite that fire right and i like had my backpack i had my computer and my passport and like my wallet with me and I just like kind of shrugged my shoulders and I was like, man, I guess if like all my stuff burns, it's fine. I'll be fine. Everything in here costs $15. Man. <laughs> I just didn't, I didn't care. But my neighbor next door to me had his car. We both had our cars up against the fence where the, where the fire was going. And so he, he ran out and he like got really panicked and he moved his car out and he moved it out really quickly. And he was like really worried that the car doors were going to melt which didn't even occur to me. And even after he said it, I still kind of like shrugged my sh- shoulders and I was like, look, if that happens to my Chevy Cobalt, it happens to my Chevy Cobalt. <laughs> Chevy <you know>? Cobalt. <laughs> this is the part that's the kicker. So this guy's really worried his, his car is going to melt. I don't care if any of my stuff yeah. is destroyed. I yeah. just don't care. Then I'm away. I'm away for like six months during COVID. The arsonist strikes 
again, the same carport. He didn't burn it down the first time, and he went back to finish what he started. And my neighbor's car door did melt. Oh, no. What he feared happened, and all my shit was fine. That's fine. (laughs) The person who didn't care. It's always that's, happens. That's that what way. happens, though. Real, yeah. I don't know what to make of it. So, really, I'm coming to you here as more of like a ask Ruth oh, advice <laughs> hotline. Like, what is the takeaway lesson? I'll tell you right now is you can't be worried about stuff because that's what you're going to manifest. He was so scared someone's going to burn down his car. That's exactly what happened. Facts. It's that's like exactly when you, what uh, you wear a condom to protect yourself from STDs, you're more likely to catch it. I don't Wait, know if what? that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to back up Candace's <laughs> manifestation. Yeah, that's how condoms work, Shinadu. Shinadu, from a family of doctors. <laughs> well, that's true. Oh, man. But it's also such a specific fear. Like, I'm mm. so, I'm worried that my car door is going to melt off. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I wouldn't even thought Think of Think about that. that. You know? Is it that hot? Yes, Shinadu. Fire is hot. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, arson is fire? Yeah. All no fire. one ever told me that. All fires aren't the same temperature. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, bonfires are very casual. It, it's still fire. Bonfires are room, room temperature <laughs> fires. Me personally, I like a cold fire. I like you a know? cold fire personally. When I can just stick my feet in and just relax. Yeah, just warm my smoothie up ever so slightly. My favorite line from this whole section is, all fires are hot, Chinadu. <laughs> Did he ever come back, Kieran? You're talking about the arsonist. The arsonist, yeah. Yeah, we don't know what happened to him, but he burned down a lot of stuff. He's still out there. It's good that more people aren't crazy enough to want to burn down everything. That's what it made me realize. I was like, man, it's easier than you think to burn down everything around you if that's really what your goal is. What you want to do. And I think do. most people out there, it's just not their goal. Don't and that's want why to it's do not happening more. Yeah, because a fire, I think most people are like, I don't know, it's not my thing. You yeah. know, there are, you yeah. know, people have fascination in the pyromaniacs, people mm-hmm. have fascination with fire. And but I don't know if, you know, if that's where it's I guess that's kind of where it starts. But like, why a carport? I have a lot of questions. We do actually have the arsonist here with us tonight. Yeah, um, you should just come on in. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, how you guys doing? My name is uh, Fred. Freddie the Flamer. <gasps> that's insane. Oh, my God. <laughs> we just said Freddie at the same time. That's insane. Because that's a billion days. Yeah, Freddie the Flamer. <laughs> when did it start for you, Freddie? When did it start? Was it? Well, it all that, started it um, from you, when I was making s'mores as a child. As a Boy Scout. And my marshmallows should always <laughs> fall inside the fire. And everybody used to laugh at me. And I just wanted to throw everybody inside the same flame to fetch the marshmallow. <laughs> and that's how I became arson. Also, I live in Carson, so it rhymes. <laughs> I'm the arsonist from Carsonist. <laughs> It just felt like it was meant to be. Honestly, that sounds like a that sounds like a backstory worthy of Marvel. That's, oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. I'm pitching. We should work on that right the there. Carson from Carson. Carsonist. Carsonist. That was amazing. That was amazing. That was amazing, Karen. You went two for two of amazing stories. I mean, we can't ask for more than that. Pew, 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 pew. But we will. Thanks. Yeah, we will ask you for one more thing. Yeah, would you like to stay on for the extra segment? No, I'll stay on. I'll stay on for sure. And we'll be right back after the break.
All right, we are back. And now we're going to see what's for sale in our neighborhoods with this next segment that is called What's for Sale? <laughs> who who could have guessed it? <laughs> Literal. I like it. You don't want to mislead the people. All right. So this post reads, an artist given $84,000 to use for artwork delivered blank canvases titled Take the Money and Run. The Danish artist <laughs> named Jens Hanning was given 84000 by museum to use in a work of art. When he delivered the piece he was supposed to make, he gave the Custom Museum of Modern Art in Aalborg, Denmark, two blank canvases that he titled Take the Money and Run. According to Hanning's press release, the idea was to show how salaries can be used to measure the value of work and to show national differences within the European Union. But by changing the title of the work to Take the Money and Run, Hanning questions artists' rights and their working conditions in order to establish more equitable norms within the art industry. Museum director Lassie Anderson said when they spoke to the artist about making the piece earlier this year, he agreed to the contract and he indicated a fairly easy job. In addition to being compensated for the artwork, Hanning was also given banknotes to use in the work. We also have a contract that the money, 84000 U.S. dollars, to be displayed in the work is not Jen's, and that is must be paid back when the ex exhibition closes on 16 January 2022, Anderson said. So we have an artist that was paid $84,000 to create some artwork for a museum and basically did nothing <laughs> and took the money and ran just like the title of the art he made. Facts. And then, is he famous? Is he famous? Is my question. Uh, I mean, 84000 for a piece of art. Decent he's, he's decently of, famous in Denmark, I would imagine. Yeah. This reminded me of being in college. Oh, Do you yeah. remember how, like, <laughs> when you did a paper and you could just argue anything? You're yes. like, you could just be like, Shakespeare was gay. Or you could be like, Shakespeare <laughs> loved peanuts. You know what I mean? And yeah. then you just find all the details and you support the idea of whatever it is that you want to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Copy and paste the Wikipedia page and just remix it. Make the third paragraph, the first one. <laughs> Change it up. I remember one time my boy, he turned in an assignment and the whole thing was like a hyperlink. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> he almost had a heart attack. He was like, oh my God, I clicked on my paper and it went to Wikipedia. <laughs> Do you think the artist did the right thing or the wrong thing? I think his excuse was bullshit. Yeah. I just think he didn't want to do it. Yeah, he didn't want to do it for sure. Like he did it and then just came up with a lazy title and then some uh, cause to do it for. Yeah, I think he uh, just discovered a new drug and uh, it's really got a hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> now, what if like if his other artwork is good? Is that different than if his other artwork is equally terrible? Yeah, I mean, if his other artwork is equally terrible and he convinced somebody to give him $85,000, then he's, he's still a genius. Then, yeah, then that's... <laughs> he's a different yeah, I, I respect that. <laughs> I respect that more. Yeah. If you tricked them into thinking you were good this whole time, chef kiss, chef yeah. kiss. Chef yeah. kiss. I don't know how you did it, but teach me but your congrats. ways. congrats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it, Kieran. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I hope you had fun. Oh, I had so much fun. I mean, I'm thinking about how I can do less and make 85 grand. <laughs> this man is an inspiration to us all. Definitely is. <laughs> yes. I love that that's what I've taken out of it. I was like, how can I be more like him? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, well, where can uh, people find you online, Kieran? I am at shit. 
from Kieran shit like the poop that comes out of your butthole from Kieran. I came up with that name a long time ago. I don't have a reason or excuse other than that. Now it just seems too late to change it. So S-H-I-T from K-I-R-A-N. We love it. And make sure you guys go check her out at the Punchline on March the 9th through the 12th. Yay. Thanks, Kieran. Thank you for having me, you guys. You're so fucking funny. Love you. Talk to you later. See you, bud. Bye, 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 bye. Candice, are you excited? I'm always excited, Chinadu. Because we made it to the part of the show where people have to hold back tears. Because these stories... Um, God. Let me just let me just jump right in. So, uh, guys, I need you to go ahead and um, snuggle up next to your favorite houseplant. Get yourself a nice glass of Bailey's on the rocks, uh, whether you're of age or not. Um, what? What? No. <laughs> Encouraging underage drinking? Chocolate, you bubs, hot chocolate, no Bailey's. <laughs> uh, just get ready for won't you be my neighbor. This post reads, a salon owner sells his business to a worthy employee for guess what? How much, Kenneth? How much you think he sold it for? $15,000. One dollar. No. Yes. It's impossible. It's true. No one's that nice. Salon owner Pio Imperati hired hairstylist Kathy Mora right out of technical high school 15 years ago. And it worked out so well that Imperati sold her his New Haven, Connecticut business for one dollar. It was a dream of mine come true to be able to turn the salon over to someone worthy. I sold it to her for a dollar so we would remain friends. This is this is amazing. And this just reminds people, look, man, buddy up to an old man or old woman, and you could come up. You, you, you might could, end up in their will. They got to give it to somebody. Mm-hmm. And you might be that somebody. But I have a question. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> you know I like to ruin these things. Nah, yeah, here, here we go. <laughs> Here, here we go. And I know exactly what you're about to ask me. Go ahead. No, you don't. <laughs> I have a feeling. Go ahead. He could have sold it to her for more than one dollar. <laughs> yes. And they would still remain friends. Yes. Even if he had said fifteen dollars. I knew you was gonna say I do you I do that like caught your eye because it caught by. He said I sold it to her for one dollar, so we were made friends. Even if he sold it to her for five hundred dollars. Nah, he knew she was cheap. She was like, Don't you even try it. <laughs> Give me a reasonable price. <laughs> now also my brain is like I wonder what was wrong with that salon that he sold it to her for one dollar. Oh yeah, she's gonna like she's gonna write his name, her name on the business, and then find out. There's black mold in the ceiling. Black mold. <laughs> the freaking mob's gonna show up on a random Sunday. Like you have the buddy. She's like, what for protection? You're like, wait, huh? <laughs> I gave you a loan for the business. Purati told you be you the do older. <laughs> I want my seventy thousand dollars cash now. I just got this. It was like last week. I told him the deadlines today that whoever owns this business is going to die. <laughs> she was like, why would you do this to me? <laughs> why would you do this, Candace? He said he loved me like a daughter. We didn't have to go this way, Candace. Uh, now I can't stop. Oh, why would he say that before? He said because we were friends. I knew it was too good to be true. <laughs> if something looks too good to be true, it probably oh, is. I guess that was the lesson I had to learn Any today. Last words? Do you need a haircut? <laughs> nah, I'm sure it's fine, Mara. It's fine. <laughs> I feel like she's listening it's to this. Fine. She's definitely listening. She's definitely listening. It's fine, Mara. It's fine. I'm no, sure. you really just had an, an angel give you 
100%. his life's work for a dollar. I need to find me some older friends, man. You know? No, I know. Just hang out with them for a good two years. Be like, one random day, be like, yeah, man, that was, that was a good game of Madden, man. Hey, uh, so what you gonna do with all this estate? <laughs> <laughs> Have you divvied that up yet? Or I've uh... heard uh, you say you had no kids, right? Have you feel like a father to be? <laughs> How's your health? Is it good? How's your health? It's good. You've been called for the lights. Don't forget that chicken soup I made you now. <laughs> I brought you a bucket of chicken. Don't forget that. Oh, man. Well, oh my God. I'm sure it's fine. We're joking. But we're not. So what did you learn today, Kansas? Oh, man. I learned that if you're going to catch an alligator, the trash can is the way to go. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? I mean, they warned not to use a trash can. But, I mean, how are you going to warn not to do it when it worked? Yeah. I wonder if the alligator smelled something in the trash can. He was like, ooh, what's this? What's this? Closed it. He said, you mother... Because <laughs> he really... He wasn't tripping until they closed it. <laughs> then, yeah, that's yeah. When then he, he really was like, started, I think I made a mistake. Yeah, he started shaking the shit out of <laughs> that trash can. Maybe I shouldn't have gone in this trash can. He was can. all cool with it because the smells, I'm sure, was really delightful to his nose. They actually have a hotline in Florida. They have an alligator hotline. Damn. You got to call that line. Oh, that's insane. We practice earthquake drills. They practice alligator <laughs> What did I learn? Let me see. What did I learn? Man, I learned crows hold grudges. Did not know that. I want to say to the people out there, let it go, crow. It's not healthy. And don't forget to buy my T-shirts. Let it go, crow. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be, those T-shirts will be popping very soon. Make sure you get my merch. Nosy Neighbors comes out every Thursday, only on Spotify. Be sure to hit that follow button on Spotify so you never miss an episode. Nosy Neighbors with me, Chinadu Unaka. And me, Candace Thompson. is a Spotify original podcast. We executive produce the show. Thank you to our lead producer, Allison Johnson, and our producer, Tierra Darnell. Matthew Cilelli edits the show. Cornelia Stravick does writing and research for us. Our executive producer from Spotify is Gina Dalbeck. And special thanks to Robert Adler, Dan Behar, Casey Simonson, Kelly Cow, and Courtney Gilbert. Make sure to follow Nosy Neighbors only on Spotify. Mm-hmm.